Welcome to the Rail Market Update on the State of Freight podcast brought to you by FTR, where we share timely transportation intelligence with you on a weekly basis. The Rail Market Update is hosted by FTR's Vice President of Rail and Intermodal, Todd Tronowski. As Todd presents the information in the podcast, you can follow along and review the graphs and indicators by downloading a PDF or PowerPoint version of the presentation from our podcast landing page. A link to the PDF is available now at www.ftrintel.com slash podcast. From there, you can also find past episodes and downloads of the Rail Market Update, as well as the weekly trucking market update with Avery Vice and much more. That link again is www.ftrintel.com slash podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the FTR State of Freight Rail Market Update Podcast. As always, I am your host, the Vice President of Rail and Intermodal at FTR, Todd Tronowski. Thank you for joining us this week. We appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us. We want to take a moment before we get going this week to uh, recognize and thank all the veterans out there, the rail industry, a very military-heavy employer, a very veteran-heavy employer. Uh, those of you who may have missed it, this Saturday is Veterans Day. So uh, don't forget to uh, take a moment to reach out to those veterans in your companies, veterans uh, in your families who uh, have participated in uh, part of the military service over the years and take some time out over the weekend on Saturday to, uh, to recognize those folks. Uh, they are the folks that allow us to do what we do each and every day, whether that's move freight, whether that's talk about freight, whether that's forecast volumes, uh, that is because of uh, the veterans of America out there. So don't forget about that this weekend. Also, as we head to the next week, remember as we head to the middle part of November uh, that we have the FTR Shippers Symposium next week down in Houston, Texas, down at the Hyatt Regency in the Galleria on Tuesday, November the 14th, a full day across all modes, rail, truck, uh, we're going to cover it all uh, on Tuesday, so if you have not yet registered for that, uh, make sure you do that. Reach out to uh, Derek Young in our, in our sales operation. He'll be more than happy to get you uh, signed up for that. It'll be a great day, chock full of great information. And if you're in the rail equipment space, make plans to stay over Wednesday, November the 15th. There will be a, a rail equipment leasing forum in partnership with our friends over at Railroad Financial Corporation on Wednesday where we're going to have uh, dual presentations, half the day from FTR, half the day from Railroad Financial, to get you everything you need to know about rail equipment and rail equipment valuation uh, over the course of time. Those of you that are regular attendees out in Palm Springs every year for Railroad Financial's big conference and event out there, think of this event on November 15th as your mid-year update, your halftime report, if you will, on what's going on in the rail equipment, rail leasing space. Uh, You will not want to miss that either. Same place as the Shipper Symposium, the Hyatt Regency Galleria down in Houston, Texas. Uh, Reach out to anyone at FTR, reach out to anyone at Railroad Financial. They'll be happy to get you signed up, get you more information about that great event next week. Don't hesitate uh, to reach out, get yourself in the room. You will not want to miss it. And with that, Let's talk a little bit about where volumes are, where volumes are in the latest week. Well, Intermodal, it almost follows eerily close to its 22 uh, volume outlook. The 2023 
a volume trajectory looks an awful lot like deja vu, looks an awful lot like Groundhog Day uh, when you overlay it, 23 versus 22. And we'll talk a little bit about that as we get into the numbers here in just a minute. Unfortunately for rail volumes, uh, the carload side is showing sort of a similar pattern where you have signs of a seasonal downshift, an early seasonal downshift in volumes. That is not a great read-through. That is not a great uh, look for the carload market that has been stable most of the year, uh, sort of going off for the end of year, the Thanksgiving holidays, a little bit early if you look at the numbers. And we'll go through those numbers as we go along here over the next several minutes give you, to give you an idea of what I'm talking about there. But let's start with intermodal. And you can see here, if you look at that blue line and that black line, uh, they're pretty well over top of each other over the last three weeks. And you can see what has happened last year and this year ahead of the Thanksgiving holiday. Volumes have come off, and they've come off fairly dramatically uh, when you think about that seasonally. When you look at the five-year average and what typically happens is we hold our own in intermodal until we get to the week of Thanksgiving, and then we see things tail off. The last two years, things have tailed off early. We've sort of gotten to the two-minute warning and knelt down, if you will. Uh, we've sort of said, okay, uh, that's enough. Uh, we're going to get in the victory formation and just, just wait it out. But that is not a great place to be when you're talking about volumes, when you're talking about freight moving by rail. That's okay if you're talking about football, uh, which hopefully a lot of us will, will watch over the Thanksgiving holiday. But it's not so great when you're talking about volumes, when you're talking about freight demand downshifting early. That suggests that maybe as we go through the holiday period, as we go through the next month, six weeks of the year, uh, that there could be a little bit of a harder downshift as we go through the holiday period. We'll have to keep our eye on that and see if we find another lower gear as we go forward here. On the trailer side of the intermodal business, down a little bit sequentially, really fairly flat, and it's been fairly flat for a while. There have been some week-to-week -week movements here, but really going back to the late third quarter, this number really has not moved materially much at all. Uh, it stayed pretty close to 12,000 carloads a week. Now that's well off of last year. That's well off of the five-year average, uh, but it's not moving around. It's not, it's not growing at all. It's not, it's not making its way back toward last year. It's not making its way back to the five-year average. Uh, we're just sort of in neutral here, if you will, in the trailer market. The question will be, what does the parcel peak look like? As we get past Thanksgiving, as we get into December, what does that seasonal parcel bump look like? How significant is it in the trailer market? We hear muted projections from the retailers about what the holiday shopping season is going to look like. That could have a read-through for what the parcel peak looks like for trailer and mobile. Time will tell. Definitely something to have an eye on here as we go through the final six weeks of 2023. Container volumes, well, this looks a lot like the volume I showed you on overall intermodal uh, because containers are 90% of the overall intermodal business that moves by rail. So this chart better look a lot like uh, the chart I showed you two slides ago. Otherwise, you would say, Todd, you have a data problem somewhere. Uh, luckily for me, uh, these numbers line up. Luckily, uh, this looks very much like the chart two slides ago where we had that early downshift, sort of the same, the same movement we took last year. We're taking again this year, and that's putting us 
well off of our five-year average heading into the Thanksgiving holiday week. Shifting gears now, going over to the carload markets, talking to, to about carload. Well, as I talked about off the open, we've started to downshift a little bit early. And just like Intermodal, we started last week and we continued this week, although in carload, we didn't have this trajectory last year. As we think about things, uh, as we think about things uh, last year, uh, we held in there pretty well close to the Thanksgiving holiday. As we think about this year, uh, we are definitely downshifting early. We are definitely downshifting earlier than we typically have. We're down about 2% on a year-over-year basis from the same point uh, last year. And we've been that way for much of the fourth quarter. That's not a great, not a great sign for Carload. It suggests that things are starting to, to downshift early, and we'll have to see what that means for the rest of the fourth quarter. How low do we go in terms of carload volumes? How much of a, a limbo game does, does the carload volume play uh, relative to last year over the final uh, six weeks? Time will tell, but certainly the early returns are not particularly promising. Unfortunately, economically sensitive freight shows a very similar picture, a very similar trajectory. Uh, over the last two weeks, we've been down pretty significantly. The sequential decline actually slowed uh, quite a bit in the latest week relative to where what happened uh, two weeks ago. Uh, we're basically right in line with last year's numbers, a little bit below the five-year average, but definitely showing an earlier downshift, an earlier weakening, even among economically sensitive freight than what we would have typically expected based on history. So now the question becomes, what is economically sensitive freight time? What are you talking about when you say that? Well, sometimes at some organizations you'll hear it called core carload freight. And what we, what we essentially mean are those sectors that are more closely tied to the underlying economy. So we pull out coal, we pull out agriculture, we pull out petroleum, we look at just those sectors that are more closely tied to that underlying economy. Things like pulp and paper, things like automotive, things like lumber and wood, uh, things that react, metals, uh, th things that are sensitive to, to pressures and changes in the economy. And those of you that have heard me speak on this podcast and elsewhere know that this is a sector that I, a segment of the, the railroad car population that I get very animated adamant about and very animated about because this is the sector that is going to drive volume growth as we go through not just 2023 and 2024 but through the rest of the decade if these commodities do not grow carload will not grow and so it is helpful for everybody in the industry that this number stays in positive territory and outpaces overall carload volume growth but you can't talk about carload and not talk about the bulk businesses, not talk about coal and grain and petroleum. So let's do that. Let's drill in. Let's talk about those commodity groups. Well, coal took a little bit of a step back. It, it, it bounced back. It bounced off of its low in the latest week. But it's still below 75,000 carloads a week. It's still well off of last year, still well off of the five-year average. And the trend line from the start of the fourth quarter, is definitely a little bit weaker. We are definitely seeing some weakening. And we never saw the seasonal uptick that you would have expected in the third quarter 
from coal traffic. So overall, coal is a weak result. Coal is a weak story. And we expect as we go into 2024 and 2025 to see that accelerate, to see that negative in coal accelerate. And that will have a read-through for overall carload growth because coal is the largest carload sector by volume. And so as it goes, it has an outsized impact on the overall carload result. We look at the grain volumes, the other major bulk business business that moves by rail. We took a sequential downshift in the last week. And again, a little bit earlier than you would have typically expected to see. If you look at last year, if you look at the five-year average, we do see a decline. It's much closer to Thanksgiving than we are. So we're seeing a little bit of an earlier downshift here, down about 10% on a year-over-year basis. That's a significant delta. That's not nothing. That's not something that can just be ignored uh, from, a, from a volume perspective, from a, a meaningfulness perspective. We're going to have to keep an eye on this. We did get back to the five-year average with our harvest run-up. This sector, as you can see, has struggled most of the year to post year-on-year volume gains. Uh, we have finally basically gotten back to the five-year average uh, with the harvest uh, bumps, and we'll have to see if we can hold those five-year average levels or if we're going to see things tail off. I would hope that we're going to, to stabilize and hold right around this 35,000 carload a week level, uh, but time will tell exactly where things exactly where things end up. So let's, let's wrap up on the, the non-economically sensitive freight categories by talking about petroleum products loadings. And here you see sort of the same story, different verse in terms of what volumes have done. Downshifted pretty meaningfully on a sequential basis, came down below the five-year average, and definitely downshifted earlier than we have seen historically. Now, the one caveat I will give you on the petroleum price loading is that crude prices have come down fairly dramatically over the last week to 10 days or so. That has an effect on the arbitrage between Western Canada and the U.S. Gulf. And so the downshift here in petroleum may just be a reaction to market forces. It may just be a reaction to that arbitrage not being as open as it was a month, six weeks ago. So this is the category where I'm less concerned about the earlier downshift because there's a clear line of sight to a reason why. So let's shift now and let's talk about the economically sensitive freight categories. Let's talk about what they mean to the carload business. And chemicals took a sequential step down. And like most of the other commodities we've looked at, that's earlier than you would typically expect if you looked at last year or the five-year average. But all is not lost. We are essentially just below 45,000 carloads a week. We've held that level for essentially the entire year, that 45,000 carload a week level. So long as we stay there, I don't see a huge problem with the chemicals space. It's essentially at its five-year average level. It's right around the level that it's been at most of the year. It's essentially a stable commodity group. The question will be, as we go forward, to make sure we do not have a repeat of 2022, to make sure that as we go through the fourth quarter, we don't see volumes fall off the table. We, uh, we see volumes stabilize and hold at this 45,000 carload a week level. As we go forward, hopefully, we're going to stay there as well before we get some help from new plant additions in 2025. 
stone, sand, and gravel. Uh, this has been down the last several weeks, uh, pretty significantly on a sequential basis. We're now down on a year-over-year -year basis. That's been a rare occurrence in 2023 that we've been down year-over-year. But again, we're essentially at the five-year average, and we're, we're declining a little bit earlier than we typically would. Uh, but there's a seasonal decline here in stone, sand, and gravel. Think about construction. Think about particularly if you live up north in Minnesota, North Dakota, Michigan, Chicago even. You get to November, it starts to get harder to do construction work. It starts to get harder uh, to build highways, to build projects like that. So there's a normal seasonal downshift in this number that occurs due to the construction season. And so we would expect that as we get into next year, we will see this commodity group rebound to where it had been running for much of the year and meet or exceed normal seasonal expectations, normal seasonal patterns here. So not too concerned again about stone, sand, and gravel. Lumber and wood, on the construction side, we saw a little bit of a sequential uptick, uh, but really over the last month, this volume's been pretty flat. It's traded right around 56, 5,700 car loads a week. And that is still a very weak level. This is a commodity group. Many of you know, many of you have heard me talk about it. It's been under pressure much of the year, and it remains so. It remains well off last year, well off the five-year average, and there really isn't a meaningful catalyst for growth. When you think about the housing market, when you think about uh, where that's headed, mortgage rates, things of that nature, there really isn't a green shoot in lumber and wood to point to as we, as we go forward, at least in the short to intermediate term. Pulp and paper, here we see a nice sequential bump, but let's not get too excited here. Let, let's temper our enthusiasm a little bit when it comes uh, to pulp and paper. Uh, we're coming off a very low level, a low level that has not been seen uh, even among the weakness of 2023. Uh, the recent weakness has been uh, even more than that. And the bounce back, though significant on a sequential basis, essentially gets you back to the weak levels that pulp and paper had achieved for much of the year. So it really is uh, sort of damning with faint praise uh, when you think about pulp and paper, when you think about that sequential uptick. We're still well off year over year. We're still well off the five-year average. And we're not doing anything you wouldn't expect to see happen seasonally. Pulp and paper normally gets a seasonal bump, a strong seasonal bump, this time of year as people look into packaging, look into uh, cardboard, look into uh, to ship packages, look into wrapping paper, look into uh, brown paper for packaging. You normally see that seasonal uptick. If this is the seasonal uptick for pulp and paper, if this is all we get, uh, we, we really haven't done much at all. And so we're still overall at a very weak level in this commodity group. Finishing though a little bit of a bright spot on a motive, basically flat on a sequential basis, almost right at 25,000 carloads a week, 10% above last year, a little bit above the five-year average. You continue, even with the strike, to see relatively strong demand. That's over now. Uh, things should be getting back to normal. Folks should be getting back to work. You should see volumes start to normalize here. And what we mean by normalize is we should see volumes tick up a little bit. 
over the next couple of days. You've got some holiday disruptions coming up around Thanksgiving, uh, but overall we would expect to see this number uh, be at or above 25,000 carloads a week, really right until we get to the Christmas, New Year's holiday weeks and right at the very, very end of the year. Until then, we expect a lot of them to continue to be strong and have a strong outlook in 2024. When you think about dealer replenishment, when you think about overall consumer demand, uh, we expect to see automotive continue to post strong results into next year. So to wrap up, intermodal volumes have basically laser-focused in on last year's projector. And that's not a great thing. That's not something that you, you want to get a billboard about. That's not something that you want to uh, shout from the rooftops uh, from the standpoint of 2022 was not Intermodal's uh, finest hour, was not, uh, personally from a volume perspective, not their finest hour. And so uh, saying that we're following that trajectory, uh, you know, that, that, that's good. It could be worse, but it's certainly not, uh, not, not an overall positive either. And on the carload side, we see a little bit of a, a seasonal early, an earlier seasonal decline than we would expect to see. Normally, we wouldn't expect to see carload volumes, economically sensitive freight volumes, downshift until we got closer to Thanksgiving. We're already seeing that show up. That gives us some pause about what to think about and what to expect as we go through the final six weeks of the year. And rest assured, we'll keep our eye on it and we'll let you know here on the podcast uh, if there's any... Uh, any material change to the outlook or any material uh, downside risks that are emerging uh, for sure. And with that, I want to thank you all for listening this week. Feel free to reach out to myself or any member of the FTR team if you ever have any questions about your business, what you're hearing in the podcast, what you're seeing in the reports. We literally get up in the morning to talk about transportation. Uh, so never hesitate to, uh, to reach out and talk about transportation. We, we love to do that. And with that, uh, we hope you all have a great week. Remember uh, to thank a veteran on Saturday uh, as part of the Veterans Day holiday. Have a safe week. Have a great week. Uh, I am your host, the Vice President of Rail and Intermodal at FTR, Todd Panowski. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Have a great week. That's it for this week's Rail Market Update on the State of Freight podcast. The Rail Market Update will be published each week along with a downloadable PDF of the presentation. If you find this transportation intelligence useful, please take a moment to give us a positive rating on your podcast platform of choice and send us your feedback by email at podcast.ftrintel.com. You can find more publicly available State of Freight content and download the PDF of today's presentation by going to www.ftrintel.com podcast. FTR is the leader in freight transportation forecasting in North America, providing consistently reliable reports for trucking, rail, and intermodal transportation, as well as providing demand analysis for commercial vehicle and rail car. For more information about the work of FTR, visit www.ftrintel.com or call us at 888-988-1699 to find out which publications will best support your business.